Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. Now let's give it up for the Lord who saved us and the one who is most excellent, the one who has kept us and is keeping us. Amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to tell you, when that's choir sing, it sounds like there's a hundred of them up there. Have you noticed that? And I, and I, I mean, all of y'all singing, but that soprano, y'all was kicking it, okay? I just want to give y'all some props on that one. Amen, amen. How's everyone doing this morning? I'm going to ask you one more time. How are you doing? Everybody doing all right this morning? Amen. Yes, I'm doing really good, especially after that election. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> all right, Pastor Queen. Amen. Turn with me, please, to um, the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. We're going to be at the 10th chapter, and I'm going to start at the first verse. Rick, start at verse 1. So anyway, we're going to, before we start reading, we're going to be um, continuing our discussion about fasting. Um, as, we, as I share, the church will be going into uh, a, a corporate fast in January. And fasting and talking about fasting is one of those subjects that, you know, people can feel some kind of way about. Amen? Y'all can be honest with me. <laughs> we don't always, you know, uh, I don't know about all of that. But anyway, it's a, it's a discipline um, that's, that is scripturally based, and so we just want to talk about that and make sure that we are on the same page and have a good understanding as we're preparing to go into it. So if you will look at Daniel, because this is the basis from which the Daniel fast comes from, on Daniel, the um, 10th chapter, and we're going to look at the first verse and going down to verse 3. I'm reading from... Um, the NIV version. And it reads, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. That is, it came to Daniel. And at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotion at all until the third weeks were over. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, dear God. We thank you for this time of corporate worship, this time of us coming together to give you praise and to give you glory and to honor, you, honor who you are. God, we thank you for the songs that have gone forth and the prayers that have been prayed. And we just thank you, God, for the fellowship of each other, but more importantly, the fellowship that we have with you. And now, Father, as we stand here, as I stand here behind this sacred desk, I pray as a decrease in myself, but only an increase and a fresh anointing from you. And God, and I always stand on that promise that you have promised that whatever word that you send forth, it would always do whatever you have commanded it will do. 
And so now, God, we stand on that promise that it will not return void. In the precious name of Jesus, let the church say amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. So last Sunday, we shared that we were sensing that God was calling our congregation into a corporate fast. And we believe the reasons um, are to clear um, the spiritual lines between ourselves and between God. And those lines need to be cleared so that we can better navigate through these challenging times with wisdom and with discernment and clarity, and of course, we need divine strength. So in light of, of the national and global issues our personal ch and the personal challenges that we have in our own lives, God still expects us, he still expects his church, he expects you and I to still be a reflection of his light. He still looks for us to be uh, a conduit through which he can give direction to his people and to the world and for us to be an example to a stressed out world. How many of you know that the world is stressed out? How many can feel the stress? That we, it's, just, it's just so much tension and stress that we are experiencing right now. So in order for us to be the church that God has called us to be, in order for us to be the body of believers that we have been assigned to be, um, we have to be on point with God. We got to be on point. In order, to, in order to be on point, that means we have to periodically take some time to unclog, unplug, and unwind so God can reset us and refocus us. And that's where this fasting comes in. Fasting requires preparation, especially for a corporate fast. So we have to prepare spiritually, we have to prepare mentally, and we also have to prepare physically. Um, and so that's why right now we are beginning in the month of November, talking about what we were going to be doing in January, because it takes time for preparation. We want to make sure that we understand what we're doing. We want to make sure that not only do we understand what we're doing, but why we're doing what we're doing, and so that all of us can be on the same page. Because one thing about corporate fasting, it, it, it means unity. It's a part of unity, and it also will strengthen us as far as uh, uh, us being in unity. So this morning, we're just going to talk a little bit about it, if you will. We're going to talk about, um, about the fasting. We're going to talk about what it is and what it isn't. We want to talk about the purpose, and we're going to talk a little bit about the benefit. All right? So first of all, let's just talk about, let's talk about food from a biblical perspective. How many of y'all enjoy food? Yeah, hopefully everybody in here. How many, how many of you right now could tell me what your favorite meal is? Or your favorite food? I know there's just stuff dancing around in your brains right now, isn't it? You know? How many of you already thinking about it? When I leave up out of here, I'm going to such and such, and we're going to have this and this. Everybody good with that? Sure. That's because food is a good thing. Amen? Food is a good thing, depending on who's preparing it. <laughs> but food is a good thing. God created a good thing when he created food. Yes, he did. He created a good thing, and it was a good thing of some of the gifting that he had given people and how to prepare the food that he has allowed it to be. Because everybody doesn't have the gift. 
okay? I can speak for myself. I am not gifted. I can make sure I don't go hungry. I'm good, but I'm not cooking for anybody else. Right, Ellen? Yeah, Ellen Moore. I told Ellen Moore she will not ever set foot at my table at my house uh, at all, ever, because she's a foodie. You know, she, you know, she's good. I told Pastor Queen the same thing. He would never eat at my house. I might give him a slice of cake that he brought in. <laughs> well, I'm not going to cook him anything. <laughs> you will never talk about me. <laughs> but food is a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, and when we look through the scripture, and we're just going to look at it from a biblical standpoint, food was given to us for enjoyment. God told, he told them in the garden, he said, enjoy everything I got here. Just don't touch this over here. So they already, there was fasting right there. Don't touch this. But, but you can have everything else. So food is for, he has it for enjoyment. Um, it's also um, for, of course, it's for substances to keep us so we can be alive. We got to eat. We have to have something in order for this body to function, in order for us to have strength. Food is for fellowship. It's nothing like in a few weeks, we're all going to be fellowshipping around the turkey. We're all going to be fellowshipping. So food is for fellowshipping even on a regular basis. So we have food as a part of fellowship, and food is also a part of worship. And so God has given us such a variety of food and also spices and everything for us for our enjoyment. And so when we look at the fact that he's given us food, he's provided food for nourishment, he's given us food for fellowship. And, and, and when we look at the fellowship, not only... Um, do we just sit at our own table, but when we come to communion, that is fellowship. That is breaking bread together. And the scriptures have promised us that in that day when Jesus returned and we all get back to heaven, there's already in scripture saying there's going to be a, a huge banquet where all of the believers will be sitting around the, the welcome table and we're going to be feasting and, and enjoying food. I sometimes wonder what kind of food they're going to be serving in heaven. You ever think about that? What kind of food we going to get? But I, I don't think we're going to have fried chicken. I think I told y'all that before. I don't think that's going to happen. He might give us something that tastes like it, but I don't think that's going to be. But anyhow, somebody all really disappointed. <laughs> but anyway, it, 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 um, he, he has food for us as, as, a, as a source of worship, if we will. So we are, we are to be conscious of the fact that God is our provider, and for that reason, the part of worship, because he's our provider, that is one of the reasons why we always give thanks before we take a meal. We are thanking God for him providing us with food to eat, and we give him thanks, and we give him praise. So food has its place, and food is a good thing. Food is a God thing. And that he has given to us for all of those reasons. However, although God has provided food for us, he also has a place for fasting in our lives when he wants us to abstain. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about what is a spiritual fast and its purpose. So in a nutshell, in a nutshell, fasting is, is, a, physical, is a physical demonstration of saying food and the things of life are not as important as me trying to seek God. That's what fasting is in a nutshell. It's saying food is good. Food is important. And I love to eat. But my love for food 
is not more important than my desire to seek God's will. That's what fasting is about in a nutshell. That's the whole purpose of it in a nutshell. It's saying I am willing to deny myself of something that I like, of something that I enjoy doing. I'm willing to sacrifice pleasure so I can find out what it is that God wants. Or I can go to God and I'm going to him because I'm seeking an answer or looking for a breakthrough. So that's what it is in a nutshell. It's, it's basically humbling ourselves. It's humbling ourselves. It's saying I'm willing to deny again. I'm denying myself so of, of something I enjoy so I can concentrate on what is important to God. Therefore, that means fasting has to be connected to prayer, spiritual fasting. Now, many of us have gone on a fast for medical reasons. If we're going to for, for, you know, some kind of test or whatever the case may be, many of us have fasted because of that. That's the fast. That's just the fast. A spiritual fast requires that it's coupled with prayer. If it's not coupled with prayer, it's just simply going without food. It has no spiritual base. So it always has to be coupled with a time of prayer. And the piece behind it or the part with it is that while we are denying ourselves, because usually it takes less time to prepare whatever we're going to eat, if we're going to do a partial fast or whatever the case may be, we're using time purposely to concentrate on God. We're using that time and filling up the time that normally we would be eating something else or preparing something else. We're using that particular time, I'm going to be seeking God. So that's what the purpose is as, as it's um, in a nutshell of what fasting is. Secondly, secondly, really want you to understand that although Scripture encourages fasting, God does not require or command it of Christians. He encourages it, but he doesn't require it. He doesn't make us fast. He hasn't made it a commandment and said, thou shalt fast. He has not made that as a commandment. It's, 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 it's not an obligation. We're not obligated. We're not obligated to fast at all. But it is an expectation. There's a difference. I may not be obligated to something, but I may expect something. And so, and so that's when, when Jesus said, when you fast, that comes from with an expectation. It's an expectation because in that particular time, fasting was just a part of the culture. Not only in the time, the Bible times, but even preceding that, in other religions, fasting is not unique to Christianity. It is something that other religions also practice. But Jesus said that, he said, when you fast, indicating that it's an expectation and not a command. And with that being said, although we believe that God is calling first Christian into a corporate fast, it is totally voluntary. Totally voluntary. A person or a church should only fast when they sense God is leading them to do so. So somebody may say, well, I never felt God lead me to fast. Probably because we haven't learned the discipline of fasting. The God is not going to call you to do something you haven't learned. Okay? So 
So that, so with that being said, it's a voluntary basis. And you saw so the next question, maybe, well, well, Pastor Kay, you know, if it's voluntary and it's in the scripture where we see people are fasting all of the time, then why did God make it a voluntary thing and didn't make it a commandment? Well, the reason I believe is because God gave us free will. And he wants us to, uh, he wants us to have a desire to draw close to him as opposed to commanding us to draw close to him. He wants us, he wants us to have that desire. Nobody wants somebody to love them because they have to. No one, no one in here, I believe, wants someone to be close to them because they feel like they're obligated to be close. I'm sure everyone in here wants people to be close to them because they want to be, because they desire to be. They want to be with you. You don't want anybody around you who feel like it's a chore, I have a responsibility, it's an obligation, let me go hang out with this person. Amen? Are y'all with me? All right. So, so he, wants us, he wants us to have the free will so he will invite us. He will invite us to fast. The same thing goes for prayer. Many times we think it's our thought, it's our idea to pray. When you come down to pray, whether you're praying here or praying in your seat, you are responding to an, an, an invitation from God. He has dropped it into your spirit. Otherwise, if God did not invite any of us to pray, none of us would pray. It's an invitation. He drops it in the spirit, and that's why many of you come here to pray. Some of you come to pray down and you kneel here at the altar. Why? Because God prompted you to do that, and you responded to his prompting. Some of you pray in your seats, and that's absolutely fine. That's where he prompted you to be. You pray. It doesn't matter where you are. You're not obligated. And the same thing is when it comes to fasting. He doesn't force it. He will put it in our spirit. It's up to us whether we follow through. Because he wants us to do it because we want to do it, not because we feel like we're obligated to do it. He wants us to do it because we choose to draw close to him. As the scripture said, if you look in the scripture, it says, draw close to me. It said, draw near to God, rather. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Notice what comes first. Draw near to God, and he what? And he will respond by drawing near to you. If we did make the first step, that's one of the things, make the first step, God will then come in close to us. He always wants to be close to us, but he only will come in close to you if you ask him. Because he's a gentleman. And he will not intrude in our space if we, does, if we do not invite him to do so. He would extend an invitation, but it's up to us whether or not we will accept it. Third thing. Let's talk about what fasting is not. Let's talk about what fasting is not. Fasting is not to make us holier and more acceptable to God. Not to make us holier and more acceptable to God. Only Jesus can make us holy and only grace can make us acceptable to God. Fasting is not to be used as a demonstration to show how great a Christian we are. Amen? It's not to be showing a how I am so sanctimonious, I'm so holy, until I turn my plate down and I fast and pray. That doesn't do anything for anybody. It doesn't even do anything for the person. All it does is just, it's just it does nothing. It's because it's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong attitude in doing that. Also, pray, fasting is not a way to make God to do what we want. It's not 
to make God and trying to force him into something that we want. We can pray over an issue or a concern, but at prayer, our expectation is to always seeking whatever God's will may be, be, may be. It's not to try to make God. It's not trying to force God into our way, but whether it's to open us up so that we can know and understand God's way. And what the, and it is also not a spiritual hunger fat, uh, strike. We're not going on a spiritual hunger strike trying to force God to move. Well, if I don't eat, maybe he'll move. When David was fasting for his son, you remember that story? With the child of Bathsheba. He was not trying to make God make him save his son. He was open to God. He was asking God to save him, but he wasn't trying to make God to save him. There is a difference. You can ask God, but you don't try to make God. You leave it open to his will. And that's exactly what David did. Because after, the fast was, after his child died, what did he do? He got up. He got himself dressed. He anointed himself and said, I, I cannot, pardon me, my son cannot come back to me, but one day I will go and see my son. And then he was good. All right? So we don't try to force God. But the thing of it is, is that what fasting does is help us to put us into a position where we can clearly hear from God. Some of us have to make some vital decisions. Some of us right now have some decisions that we need to make. And we're not certain what it is. We're not sure which direction to go. But we know whatever this decision we make is, going, is, is crucial. Some of us have had crucial moments where we had to make some decisions, some life-changing decisions. And some of us right now may be facing some life-changing decisions where you got to know exactly what it is that God wants you to do. That's where fasting comes in. It helps to give us direction. It helps, to get, um, it helps to, for us to have clarity and on the moves that we should be making. It will let us know through fasting God can instruct us what, to make, what moves to make, what doors to go through, what doors he's going to shut down. He will help to direct our paths because sometimes there are certain things that we are dealing with and confronting that prayer alone is not going to cut it. You got to kick it up to another notch, and that's where the fasting piece come in. Amen? Amen. So it positions us in order so that we can hear from God. So now let's move over and talk about Brother Daniel here because this is what the Daniel fast is based off of. So we know Daniel, first of all, he's a prophet. We know Daniel was one of those, those persons who um, was caught up in the, um, the exile of the Israelites when they were caught up and they had to move into Babylon. And Daniel, as we look back over part of the first, um, first chapter of Daniel, you see that Daniel, along with Meshach and Abednego, they were selected to work in the king's court. They were selected because they were very intelligent. They were selected because, and it said, they were good-looking men. And so the king wanted them to work in his court. There's a fast that he has over there. But this one we want to look at is the one here where Daniel, and Daniel fasted numerous times. But this is the one we want to look at where Daniel, um, where Daniel is doing what we call a partial fast. There are three types of fasts. Three types of fast. One is called a normal fast. A normal fast. In a normal fast, you are abstaining from, from all food except water. All food except water. That's usually a short-term fast, maybe for a day or two. Um, 
The third fast is what you call an absolute fast. In an absolute fast, there's no food or water. No food or water. If you remember the story of Esther, when she had to go before, before she went before the king, she asked her court, and she asked Mordecai to tell her people to fast for three days, no food or water, for three days, okay? That's what you call an absolute fast. An absolute fast, and that's also short term because the body can't go by so long without water. We can go a little bit without food, but we, not, we have to have water. So, and then there's the partial fast. This is what Daniel was doing, and that's what we're looking to do. A partial fast is just simply eliminating certain types of food and certain kinds of drinks. It's eliminating, so you're still eating. Partial fast works for long term. Partial fast work for long term, and we see here where Daniel went for three weeks, and that's where we get the 21 days from. And so we see what Daniel said. He said, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotion on until the three weeks are over. Now, no, use lotion. Okay. Okay. It's one thing to be hungry, it's another thing to be hungry and ashy. That's not a good look. Okay, can we agree on that? Can we, can we, you can put some lotion on. Okay. Put some lotion on. <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Okay? So, so Daniel, Daniel was fasting because if you go back and read over in chapter 9, Daniel... Um, God revealed a vision, gave Daniel a vision, and it was a prophecy of things that were to come, especially dealing with like the end time. But Daniel didn't understand the vision. Sometimes God will give you a vision, but it may not be clear to you. And so you have to seek him to get clarity. You know it's from him, but it may not make sense to you. Like, what does this mean? And so this is what was happening to Daniel. He knew it was from God. He just didn't understand it fully. He just, he didn't understand it. So he, he, he decided, I'm going to fast. And see, again, it's voluntary. God did not tell him fast, and I'm going to tell you what this vision means. He didn't tell him that. Daniel made the decision, I am going to restrict myself from some certain food and drinks so that I can spend my time before God seeking what this vision means, what this prophecy means. And so that was that, so that's again an example of people, someone who is seeking clarity. He was seeking clarity. And so Daniel, as you see, he abstained from meat. He didn't have any meat at all. When they said pleasant food, that can be kind of broad. And, and no wine, y'all, okay. No wine either. So put lotion on. But put the wine away for a minute, okay? You pick it up after 21 days. All right? So, so it's on this basis of, of this account that provides us a guideline. I need you to hear what I just said. A what? A guideline for the Daniel fast or for a Daniel fast. And, and, and the reason we're saying a guideline because we don't have to exactly do as he did because things are a little bit different. Okay? But not only that, you go according to how God's leading you. That's the whole thing behind it that I want to make sure we get. It's the motive. 
is how God's leading. And that's how he felt led to go. So we use it as a guideline. So you're going to get a food list. We're putting together a booklet right now. You're going to get the food list. And it's going to give you all of the types of food that would be vegetables and fruit that we can eat. And you can probably eat any kind of vegetable and any kind of fruit. Um, juices, natural juices, herbal tea, um, and soy-based milk. And soy-based milk would be like your, your I mean, um, vegetable-based milk. So, you know, that's for like your almond and, you know, rice milk and that kind of thing. So we're going give to you, give you that information. And I wish y'all could see y'all faces about right now from <laughs> this standpoint. Folks, right now I'm going to like how I'm going to make it. It's going to be all right. Okay? So there will also be a modified version. There will be also a modified version. Now, here's the other piece I need everybody to understand. Because depending, if you are pregnant or nursing, you need to check your doctor before you do any kind of fast at all. If you have any kind of medical um, issue, always check your doctor first. Don't jump into something like this. Even though it is a partial fast and a partial fast is relatively safe, you make sure you talk to your doctor first. Also, there are certain um, kinds of, of occupations that people do that requires a lot of strenuous energy. So you have to be very conscious of that, okay? You have to be very conscious of that. So, so now, because now, this, this is the takeaway that I want you guys to have. And that is we don't want, and, and, and you know, we kind of got a couple of text messages, little Facebook messages, I mean not Facebook, you know, kind of emails or whatever. We don't want anybody to get stressed out about this, okay? We don't, don't, get, don't get stressed out about this fast and be so focused on what you can eat and what you can't eat until you forget to pray. Okay? I mean, we don't want to be so legalistic here that you forget to pray because you're so worried about what you're supposed to eat and what you're not supposed to eat and worried about whether or not, you know, you're going to get hungry or you're not going to get hungry. This is a partial fast, not a full fast. This is just partial. So you're going to eat. Okay? This is also, fasting is a heart issue. God is looking at your heart. He's really looking at your heart. He's really not all that hung up. Fasting is not for God at all. God is not all hung up with you put in your mouth. Now, I need to correct that too. <laughs> Let me back that up. Because some stuff we eat and God don't mean for us to eat all of that. But, you know, so we need to make sure. But it's, it's a heart issue. He's looking at our heart and he's looking at our motives and our intentions. And so God does understand, especially on a 21-day fast, you've never done it before. He's looking at your intentions. He's looking at, well, have you prayed about it? He's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I've never done this before. I'm going to try this fast. And you slip up and eat a bag of chips or a burger. Don't quit. Because sometimes, as the scripture tells us, the, 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 the flesh is weak. Spirit is strong. But sometimes we can mess up. Anybody ever messed up in here? Yeah, so, so if, you, if, you, if you slip up, you slip up. Just get back up on a wagon and keep it, keep it going. So the thing of it is, is that you want to, you want to adjust this um, so that it can be um, challenging. A fasting, uh, for this fasting in particular, the spiritual um, fast, this partial fast, it should stretch you a little bit. Should stretch you. So let me, leave you, let me give you an example. So for folks who may be new to this, for any kind of fasting outside of medical, never done a spiritual fast in your life, or you've had limited experience with fasting, that means your faith has to be stretched a little bit. 
what may, what may be a stretch for you may not be a, be a stretch for someone else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Someone else, it's not going to be a big stretch for them to go 21 days with no meat. But for somebody else who's never done it before, it might be huge. So a stretch for you might be, I'm going to eliminate red meat. Now, if you already eliminated red meat, that's just part of your diet anyway, you don't have lit, red, lit, pardon me, red meat. The next stretch for you might be, I will have chicken or fish, but I may only have it once a week. You, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? You, you, have to, you, you have to be in prayer about it and adapt it to where you are. God doesn't expect you to just jump out if you've never done it before. Now, if you want to give it a try and go these 21 days and kick it out there and you go like, I haven't had a meeting in a whole week, I haven't had it in a week, and then come week two, you started having burgers dancing around in your head and fried chicken is, you smelling fried chicken and ain't nobody frying nothing. <laughs> I want to reassess that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, but the Lord will work with you. And that's why you be in prayer. Because I want to tell you, prayer will have to help us through. Okay, prayer will have to help us through. God will help us as we're going through. So, so the thing of it is, 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 is what I really want you to take away is that you, you do this with God's leading. You do this with God's leading. And what God may lead one person to do, it may not be what he may lead someone else to do, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. Do you find a, you everybody follow what I'm saying? It's where you are, but it should cause you to stretch. It should cause you to stretch. All right? So, are we all, do we all understand that? Everybody got that? Okay, and it, it should cause us to depend on God. So, finally, fasting, as we say, it, it requires preparation. We have to prepare. And that's why we're starting right now, and as I shared, we have to prepare. But we also begin pre preparing by praying. Everyone should be submitting yourself to God. We should be submitting ourselves to him so that he can give us direction on to what it is that he is prompting us or where he desires us to go as far as where this past is coming. Not only has God given us what we are to corporately pray for, but each of us need to seek him as to what individual concerns that he is prompting you to pray for. Is there a crucial decision that you need to make? Is it something that you need God's guidance on? Is there, is there a breakthrough? Is there a stronghold? Is there something going on in your family that, that may have been going on for a while and, or maybe it could be confusion, it could be just everything is kind of helter-skelter. It just may be something that's happening there and, and, and you need God to, to, to do a breakthrough there. Is, is there something that you're personally struggling with that you've been trying to get right for years and you can't get it right? It's a time where fasting and prayer will come in. It's where you seek God. And so we're asking everyone, you personally, you go into your, your own private closet behind your own closed doors and you seek God and asking him, what is it that you want to do in my life? You may want to ask him, 
because sometimes we may not be aware that there are hindrances, there are things that are blocking our deliverance, especially if there's something you have been praying for for a long time and deliverance haven't come. Nine times out of ten, the enemy is blocking that deliverance. You've been praying and praying for the deliverance of something. You've been praying and praying for an answer. You can find that over in Daniel's too because he had the same situation. The same situation came up with him. You have been trying to get something. How many of you know someone or even yourself, it seems like you've been spinning your wheels. You can't get nowhere. It seems like as soon as you take one step forward, you get knocked back ten more steps, and it keeps happening over and over and over again. That's because we are dealing with principalities and things in high places, and I'm telling you, the enemy will block you if you don't break down and decide, I'm going to go through a fast and pray to break this through. Because nine times out of ten, it's the enemy that's holding it up as to why you haven't gotten that deliverance. Because we sometimes miss the fact that the enemy is real. We know God is real. But you know what? Sometimes I think we take for granted the strength of the enemy. And yet we know that the enemy can only do what God allows him to do, but that it does not mean that he is not a powerful force, and he already knows and he has an idea that if he can keep you away from the things of God, he is going to do that. Don't think it's strange. Every time you make your mind up to do something right, something comes across your path that just diverts your attention away from what it is that you know God is directing you to do. Everything that looks good does not mean it's from God. It doesn't mean it's from him because the enemy knows how to dress stuff up to make it appealing to you and I. He is not going to send something to us that we already know that is not right. He's going to fix it up. He's going he to disguise it. He's going to send it in a way. He will even send a message through somebody you trust. And it may not be the right thing. We just have to be fully aware. We just have to be fully aware. The scripture tells us to be what? Wise as serpents, but gentle as a lamb. That's some powerful stuff right there. Being wise, but at the same time, I know how to be gentle. Don't take meekness to mean weakness. Meekness just being power under control. That's all that means. It is power under control. The enemy knows how much power that the Lord will work through you. What his job is for you not to find out. Because he already knows that every person in here is a force to be reckoned with. And he knows if you get unleashed, unleashed, his kingdom is in serious trouble. How many of y'all really want to give the devil a headache? A major migraine. So that's where we focus on God. God said, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. That's going to be our battle cry. Draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. That is a, a, a conditional promise. There are many promises. There are unconditional promises and there are conditional promises. This one is conditional. He's saying, if you do this, I'm going to do that. You come to me, I'm going to come to you. How many of y'all need God to come to you about right now? 
How about right now? Come on and put your hands together and receive that thing. Receive that thing. Receive that promise that as you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, dear God. We just thank you for this opportunity, Father, to just stand behind your sacred desk and to share your word. I pray, Father, that, that as the word has gone forth, that it will sink deep into the hearts of the listeners, our listeners here, and that they're able to meditate on it and concentrate on it. God, I'm thanking you right now for what you're going to reveal. I'm thanking you right now for answers to questions. I'm thanking you right now for peace to disturb hearts, healing in bodies. I'm thanking you right now for salvation of loved ones who do not know the pardoning of your sin, but will come to know the pardoning of your sin because somebody prayed for them. I thank you for those who are going to be restored, who have fallen away from the faith, but God, we thanking you that you're going to usher them back in so they can take their proper place. And God, I'm praying for peace for those who may have troubled hearts and troubled minds, that you will settle their hearts and settle their mind and give them that peace that your word promises that will go beyond all understanding. So now we just thank you, God, for the promises, and we thank you, God, for what you're already doing in our lives, and we give you the praise and the glory for those things that are yet to come, that are yet to be revealed. Let the church say amen.